0: You're talking about scoring points, and you look at that box score between Cam, Seth, and TJ Warren. That's 12 points. <laughs> that's three guys. That's 12 points off the bench, and that's a combined. That's over 30 minutes of, of, of time with 12 points. It's not gonna. It's not gonna do it against a team like the Celtics. Their defense is tough, and they got a lot of guys coming off that bench versus uh, us. You know, I, I think I saw your tweet, Robin, about uh, Malcolm Brogdon. You know, they, uh, did you
1: say something about them getting him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, be a really big pickup for them. I mean, look, Malcolm Brogdon would be the third best player on the Nets, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I kind of forgot that they even made that move. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, that was a quiet move. Here's another move they made that really didn't do shit for him. But, uh, of course, we made a tribute video for him. Blake Griffin and the Blue Collar
1: I Boys. I don't know. I don't know what? about,
2: I don't know about Blake Griffin tribute video. was that video. for? <laughs> Who did that? Whose idea was that? Joe they just got i guess they've got they've got a lot of video editors on the staff they got to get them some reps well he was was actually a good video
1: but like it it just for what he was fresh (laughs) he just was there what is the what is the cutoff that like is. you know there are certain standards where, uh, he, dunked things,
0: Giannis, cause he dunked on yannis because he dunked
1: on yannis i i don't you guys i don't think of wrestling guys like i am but the, like the wwe hall of fame is very easy to get into like do the clown is it the wwe hall of fame i guess the, the video tribute game is very easy to so, get to. so so is bruce brown getting a tribute i mean he's got
2: yeah. it right no nah, they don't no, love bruce I, I, i'm, I'm <laughs> saying by that standard although that bruce brown interview wasn't wasn't maybe the best look i i will say Against the Celtics last year, where, when Bruce Brown you know, basically the, uh, the the interview. Did you see Bruce Brown like? Came oh out and yeah, said that he yeah. thought the Nets were gonna were gonna re-sign him, and he's been balling lately. So yeah. you know, Nets fans are looking at Bruce like, oh,
0: we should still have him, but whatever. I was over him on this team. I'm traumatized uh, from him missing that layup in Milwaukee a couple years back. Like he was to me, he was okay. He was mid though, like next to KD and Kyrie, he wasn't the answer. Um, he did a, a lot of little things, but like when Bruce gets going, he's getting going in a loss. Like you're, you're still taking L's while Bruce is doing his thing. So it was never going to
1: work here. That perimeter defense could help a little bit. I mean, look, it, it's it's also the the energy and, and stuff he brings. That the, the defense, though, it, if we're giving the team credit. The defense was good. I mean, they they played Boston. Boston right now has the best offensive efficiency in the history of the sport. So that that Celtics team right now is the number one offense that has ever played the game statistically. Tatum and
0: Brown, they're just ridiculous together. All those guys, Derek White,
1: Grant Williams. No one could guard Jalen Brown, right? That was for sure. But the Nets had their worst offensive game of the season. And, you know, that's when it it becomes problematic. As much as Joe Harris has played better, he's making $18 million. So we we shouldn't be treating him like, you know, somebody being graded on a curve, like, oh, good. Oh, good, Joe made a shot. Like, he's making $18 million. And and Ben Simmons is... They're going to need him. You know, the 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 ceiling for this team, for it to be met, Ben Simmons is going to have to play like a, a star. He's going to have to play like a star.
0: Robin, I'm following you. I'm glad you said that because I was feeling that way with, with Joe because it's like he has flashes of being Joey Buckets and hitting shots and other flashes of just being cooked. Like, I understand patience with the guy. Uh, it's been over a year since he had that injury. Uh, we, we got Ben out and we got to be patient with him. It's early, but when is it going to be not early anymore? Like after Christmas, when is it like, no, this team needs to click and everybody needs to be playing to their potential or moves got to be made. Deals got to be made. I, I, I think either way, trades got to get made. But I feel you with, with like Joe Harris not celebrating that, like he had 13 points and made a couple threes. Like he's supposed to be an assassin. He's supposed to be a sharpshooter. He's supposed to be out there knocking down three threes a game, four threes a game on average.
2: I mean, that's the whole way the Nets are supposed to be constructed, right? I mean, the the Celtics are doing all this great stuff because they have maybe perfected a two-man offense. Uh, I I think with efficiency numbers like that, it's kind of hard to say otherwise. Uh, The Nets need to be that kind of team where you can have enough, um, you know, magnetism on the ball from KD and Kyrie that you get these shooters who are supposed to be Like historically good shooters, like Seth Curry and and Joe Harris are supposed to be the truth from three point hitting nearly 50% of their shots from three. That's how that offense is supposed to be constructed. That's how it's supposed to work. And it's, I don't know, it it feels a little silly to watch it. And I don't know, I don't know if you guys have this feeling with Joe Harris, but I don't feel any more confident when he's shooting an open three versus a contested three.
1: It's all in in his head. head. It's all in his head to me. I expect him to miss every three he looks <laughs> to hit. Like I don't. Like, no, I don't no, know what right, yeah. <laughs> like,
0: If he catches it in confidence and in rhythm and goes up and it looks clean, good. But sometimes you can tell it's just going to clank off the rim. But, but
1: the, the problem is, if he doesn't get the three, he's got no dribble pull-up game. He's got no ability to get to the rack and finish. Every time he gets to the rack, he's getting shot I feel like he used blocked. to. I feel like, like, like the, the
0: Joe Harris we know before the clean sweep, at the end of the game's He was Joey Fundamentals. That's why we call him Joey Buckets, because he had more in his bag than just
1: the three-point shot. It's not there anymore. I mean, maybe it's the ankle injuries or whatever. And that's one of the reasons I'm going to keep bringing up Ben Simmons, because I I do think, and and I'm not saying I have the confidence in this necessarily, and and I'm a little worried about his durability at this point. But when you take even the stars, right? Like Kevin Durant is not scoring near near the rim. Kevin Durant's, the majority of his points are actually coming in the mid range. He, he's probably the, the best mid range shooter in the NBA, if not of all time, right? Like the, those 18 foot jump shots, those pull up games, and of course, threes. Kyrie, who has, from what I'm watching, bought in, is, is playing like he's part of the team and, and is competing, but he's never get, he's not getting to the rack. He's not breaking guys down and getting to the rack. He's taking tough dribble pull ups. So, what that means is that you're lacking the, the breakdown and leaving the defense scrambling ability. And the best guy to fill that is Ben, because Ben has at least shown when he was right during that little stretch, the, you know he pushes the ball, he gets into the teeth of the defense, and then he kicks it out, which leads to the open shots for other guys. He's also the, the best threat as far as a straight line driver to get to the cup and to the rim. Because even with Katie and Kyrie, as brilliant as they are as... As isolation maestros and scorers, they're not putting pressure on the defense as far as their head down and, and getting to the cup.
0: So, Ben is supposed to be back Friday. They said Utah maybe Friday. If not Friday, then definitely Saturday. Uh, you need those guys. I mean, you need the guys on the roster. And at least now we're in December, where who else are we waiting on? You know, um, TJ Warren is active uh patty mills is a question i I wanted to throw out here now i think this is the second episode maybe the third episode we've been talking about patty mills dmp's it is odd it was a little peculiar uh i know we can't put him in the you know spot of seth curry and joe harris as far as shooting but last year he was lighting it up he was setting you know records for shooting threes but for some reason now, and I don't mind it, because I just think he, he's a liability on defense. And when he's cold, he's cold. Um, and and Patty, I always looked at as a little pest, no disrespect. But when he was with the Spurs, he was like that pest that came off the bench, high energy, running around. You can't guard him. Next thing you know, he's open. He's, he's hitting threes. And then you look up, five minutes is passed. He's knocked down, you know, three threes. He's not playing in Jacques Vaughn's system. He's getting DMPs, but <laughs> he's a Sean Marks guy. He's an Australian guy. Got the connection with Ben Simmons. Sean Marks brought him back and paid him, and he's just not playing. How do you guys feel about that? You think?
2: Do you think that he gets moved, or do you think that he stays because he is a Sean Marks guy? I mean, from a roster construction perspective, he can't stay if he's going to keep picking up DNP's. That's right. a waste of money. It's a waste of a roster spot. Honestly, it's a waste of a player that could be valuable elsewhere. I mean, a veteran. You know, like, there are teams that are going to want him. It's going to be up to Sean Marks to either move him or have a discussion with Jacques Vaughn about how they can play him. But if the decision is that they can't, if the decision that he's going to be picking up DNPs, we we should have Kessler Edwards or et al., you know, any of the G League Nets picking up DNPs on this bench, not someone like Patty Mills who either should be starting or should be off the team.
1: See, I'd be more apt to move Seth Curry uh, because he has more value and the open market. And, and here's the, the real fundamental issue here that you're dealing with is Kyrie Irving, Cam Thomas, Patty Mills, Seth Curry, all undersized guards. Like that's, that's four undersized guards on the rot. That's a quarter of your roster. You know, that is, that is undersized guards. You want to play, you want to put Edmund Sumner? I wouldn't call Edmund Sumner undersized. Cause I don't think he's undersized for his position. And and I like what Sumner brings because I think he's the best point of attack defender that the team has. You know, like I think they're, they're missing him a little bit in these last few games as far as a guy who can uh, put pressure on the opposing team's ball handlers, maybe turn them over, maybe get it going out in transition. And he's another guy like I was just talking about with Ben, but in a different way, he's a blur. He can get to the, the front of the rim. But you just simply cannot play Seth Curry, Kyrie Irving, Cam Thomas, and Patty Mills. And so when you're looking at trades, I just don't think Patty has much value. I think Patty's here as a culture guy. So I wouldn't be, um, again, I'm not saying I want Seth gone or anything, but I wouldn't be against the idea of shopping Seth if you can get more need back in that that spot, considering they have too many players who are kind of similar in that sense.